Hey everybody, it is Tiny Unicorn here in another episode of Sex and Swinging and let me tell you, I have got a fireball interview for you. This is Francesca. She's a 70-year-old, well almost 70-year-old woman. She is very comfortable in her skin. She is very vibrant in personality and appearance. And I had such a thrill talking to her when I met her at the club and then I was insistent on sitting down with her for an interview for my podcast so that you could get a little bit of her sparkle, so to speak, and so that she can leave a little bit of an impact, especially for the demographic of older women, especially, and maybe older men uh, feel represented here, you know. Francesca reminds me of me. I even said to her during the interview that she she is like a reincarnated version of me because she told a story about how she's, you know, always getting kind of, you know, in trouble by her friends for saying something inappropriate. And I use that in like quotations because like that's their definition, um, you know, in front of people. And so she was saying like, I said it because I thought it was fucking funny, you know, and here I am being called out for it and told that, you know, know my audience and all that. And I resonated so much with that because before I found my YouTube channel, before I found uh, my podcast and also the sex positive lifestyle, I was that one saying that inappropriate thing, getting the eye rolls, getting the people saying, oh, you know, Sarah, which is my real name. Like, don't you know where you are? Like, don't speak like that. And part of me was like, these people need to hear this kind of shit, man. They need to know these worlds exist. Like, I, I. I resonate with her and uh, I see her as a very valuable um, voice from an older woman perspective. So she's about 70 years old. She's been in the lifestyle now for at least around seven years, I think. Uh, she's a widow. She was married to her best friend for a very long time. So she has quite a story of a comeback of an older woman who lived the life of having kids, you know, now has grandkids. And now she's going to sex clubs and she's doing it alone and she's thriving and uh, on her own terms. Terms, no less. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Francesca and uh, yeah, let's go on a journey together. You know, you have to do things that, that you love and, you're, and have, bring you joy that take you out of yourself. Yeah. And for me, sex is one of those things. I don't do it to avoid life or to be away from life. I do it because it just relaxes the heck out of me and it takes me out of myself. I, I say weird things like I touch the divine. But I think I touch the divine when I sing. I think I touch the divine when I orgasm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I touch the divine when I see a beautiful outfit that I really love. And I, I you know, anything that gives you that joy, you know, yeah. or my, I have, I had a grandson be born yesterday. That's joyful. Yeah. That's Another funny. one. I like rabbits. I'm good. Uh, podcast is going well. I'm yeah. Having- a lot of interesting voices add to what I like to call like the mosaic of the conversation of what a swinger or sex positive lifestyle is. Right. And I, I love the stories that are popping up because it's, yeah. it's, it's really, it's changed my life because I, oh. I started this being a little scandalous storyteller on YouTube. And right. then I, through my storytelling, helped unlock people from their sexual, you know, shame and all of that. And then, then my life became something different and more purposeful. And so to yeah. see it, reflect back in these people's experiences is really wonderful it is I'm so happy for you because that's something I learned as I got much more vocal like way over the top for most regular people I was way too edgy I was told at one female event at my one of my dear friends homes where I told my uh you know how many orgasms I had on my 60th birthday that whole 60 at 60 story and she called me the next day and said, you totally embarrassed me. 
Mm-hmm. I said, I what? She said, you, you know, you offended me. I, the nuns, oh, this is when I really went a little nutty on her. The nuns, you know, brought me up in high school. With, I said, okay, Liz, honey, sweetie, you hated the nuns. <laughs> like, why are we conjuring this up right now? Because at 60, whatever she was, um, at her, some kind of, you know, I hate those things. So showers, you know, where girls just show things. And uh, anyway, to me, it's boring as can be. But anyway, so I was telling my sex stories and people were laughing uproariously, except for my friend, um, person. And that's when I realized, you know, you got to know your audience. I find most of the time, like you, when I share my story, all of a sudden, people are telling me what happened to them and where did they come from and what was their first experience. I, I just had a young man on the phone, 35, and all of a sudden he was telling me all the experiences he had as a young you know, man and, what, and how older women really helped him and made it better for him in sex. And I went, wow. and now I am learning that that's a thing out there that oh, nobody the talks about. Nobody talks about, and I've learned that of the five or six, yeah, let's talk about it. So one of the thread lines through my last, it's going to be 11 years on August the 27th of this year that my husband died. Okay. Okay. It's a really sad story of my best friend, 20 years, second, second husband. He left me. He's gone. And I walked out of the hospital with a paper bag. That was it's a devastating thing. It's just a devastating. When's your best friend? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I I speak to a lot of people about marriage and relationships since, and a lot of them aren't so happy. I was very blessed. I was very blessed, right? I, I married my best friend. A smart thing to do the second time. Didn't do it the first time. Um. So, out of I was launched, right? I was basically launched into single womanhood and my best friend who'd been single oh my god heather known since she was 15 and i was 16 i still call her the kid <laughs> you know how that goes when you're oh when your high school friends meanwhile i'm going to be 70 <laughs> and she's going to be 69 so she's still the kid anyway the kid told me because she'd been single all the years i'd been married and said here's what's going to happen to you hon i said what she goes you're going to go out to dinner you're going to have a bit to drink or you're going to take them home or you're, they're going to take you home. Then they're not going to be able to get an erection. And then uh, they're going to flounder all over you. And, uh, and then they're going to blame you. Welcome to the single womanhood. I went, oh, no, no, no. Because that was the, for I was 59 when I was, and she was telling me what the last 15 years had been like for her in vanilla world, right? Like horrible horrible and she loves sex like she's got a mojo she's one of the few right so i was feeling sorry for her. anyway so i um i launched in another direction because i thought i uh, i tried a couple of old guys i got some funny dating stories about old guys where they i love the quick line on that is they feel the need to fully disclose well why they need they think they need to do this on the first date over dinner twice i had Two dates in a row with men 60 plus who over dessert decided to tell me they were on um, medication that lowered their blood pressure and did all kinds of other things, which I don't believe in any, pardon me, I'm a, I'm a real skeptic when it comes to adding 
chemicals to your body if you're not sure what they're doing and they counterindicate and doctors don't know if they add this one to that one, what kind of melange of crap they're putting in your body. I'm a real anti-pharma person. So for me listening to this, it's like, okay, now you've given your, you have high blood pressure. So they give you low blood pressure meds. Guess where the low blood pressure goes? Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So the next statement out of their mouth is, and I'm suffering from erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Now, that was okay when my husband was ill and I, we, we made our way through it and we got the blue pill. And I mean, he was not well and you know, all that, but on the first date. Yeah. So I sat there like, uh, check, please. <laughs> give me, give me the fuck out of here. So that's the vanilla world of older men and they're grumpy as shit. Yeah. They are the get off my lawn guys. Like I said to one guy, I said to one guy, guy I'm like, dumb. I don't know. <laughs> get off my lawn. And I'm like, and they're my age, right? And I went to high school with these guys. I'm going, what happened to you? You were a fine high school guy. And now you're a fucking get off the lawn guy. And they don't even know. But what's happened, I have a friend who's a um, nutritionist in one of my choirs. And I, I was sitting in choir practice with her going, oh, I don't know about these guys. She goes, well, you know what's going on? No. What? The testosterone levels are going down. Mm-hmm. And it causes a huge amount of irritability. It's basically their menopause. I and they're see. irritable as hell. And any little thing sets them off. The government, the taxes. I made it a rule. Okay, you get three grumps. You can <laughs> about three things. And then I want a fun story. You got one in you? Have you got a fun story? And they go, oh, oh, oh. Sometimes they step up. Most of the time they don't. So older men, like my age, like go away and you drink too much and you're not fun and you're not the, and I, I said to my girlfriend the other day, whenever I, you know, you do the swipe thing, I don't do it very often, but I got you know, onto a, a new one, a new app. And um, so I do this imagining, fantasizing thing. Would I want to climb up and down this body? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. The older ones, they don't even know how bad they look. Mm. And they have no, they seem to think that, you know, if they drive a car or a nice car, mm. I don't even know what they think. They, they're out to lunch. They are, no wonder they're not getting dates. I mean, really. Anyway, so my trajectory was to get out of that world as fast as I could. But I did date the amazing sailor, womanizer. He had been can, Canadian. Um, what was he? Ski champion, baseball champion, hockey player, golfer, champion golfer. I met him when he was a ski instructor. He was a sailing racer and he'd been Formula Two international Canadian champion of um, for uh, car racing. This was a jock, a jock, a jock, like beyond jock. And I remember saying to him, I always thought jocks were from the street. And he go, and he looked at me. Turns out the good ones are really smart, but they're also kind of womanizers because they got had access to you know yeah. the cheerleaders and the you know I was never that girl right as a girl I was like oh jocks oh, they haven't got a brain in their head. Um, I found out my what I am is a sapiophile. What's a sapiophile? The one who gets stimulation, sexual stimulation from a good brain. Okay. Funny one too would be nice, right? Um, there's a lot of, you know, fun. My husband and I had a ton of fun. We laughed through sex. We laughed through all kinds of things. We laughed when he was on his deathbed. Honestly, we did. 
Like how silly and crazy is that? But we did. And um, anyway, so I got this jock. He's the guy that took me on his boat. He's the guy who got me to the cove, you know, the story I told you, and then worked on me like. <laughs> I could not, honest to God, Sarah, I couldn't drive home. My arms were like, I was like a blob of protoplasm. At one point, I don't know if this happens to most women because I haven't done a lot of research on this, but it's happened to me. When I'm into like the 40th orgasm, which is kind of over the top crazy, my body is so gone and my head is so gone. I am not there. Don't ask me to speak. Because I'm in, I found out where I am is actually very similar to subspace. Okay. I'm not there, right? I am seriously not there, but in the best possible way, right? Yeah. Like I'm touching the divine. So what happens is my body goes into paroxysms where it nat- my body will naturally start to fly. I call it the floppy. It's not very pleasant what I call it or attractive. I call it the floppy fish everything starts second, right? But you know what I mean? Like everything starts to like, and I don't even, and I don't care. Like I'm just like, I feel like I, if I was a fish, I'd flop back into the sea. And just, well, um, it's an amazing place. In fact, what Tom, the sailor had to do, the jock guy, is when he got me to that place, he, he knew, he knew about this. And he, and he would put his hands hard down on my stomach. Until I, I, I stop. It would take him five minutes. Right. I mean, talk about amazing. And of course, I'm going, do you really need to have this? Like, I want thinking, don't make it stop. I don't want it to stop. But it was, I could, I, it was incredible. And, and I was out of, completely out of control. Now, this is without any drugs, without any alcohol. This is just me. Right? No stimulants, no depressants, no nothing, no cannabis, no nothing. Like I, I like it best with nothing because yeah. my body loves it. Um, so Tom, Tom, dear Tom, God bless him. That little drink that I thought he took just on a Tuesday night, he took on a Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. And so alcoholism was got the better of him. But he had been the secret one for a long time. I just didn't know. And I was willing to let things go because my car was automatically driving up to Collingwood to the boat. So I could get laid. Yeah. I was simply laid. So after I had to come to that horrible decision that this was not going to work, and I helped him through heart surgery. Here again, I'm in the hospital with an older guy. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Yeah. that kind of did pst post-traumatic stress on me right yeah because when you've got you know anyway uh i've been calling with i'm there for heart surgery for him. anyway i went to aa i went to alcoholics and Women's families to see if i could i was going to do anything to keep this going and you know yeah, no it wasn't going to happen so out of that is when i um i really took the right way right turn into the edgy edgy world of no no dating no relationship stuff let's just do just the sex can we do that what a huge thing for an older woman who's been married twice has four kids had three grandchildren at that point i've got six now and i had no knowledge of this world like none like nobody i knew 
still my best friend, the 15 year old kids know, she doesn't know. I mean, she might suspect, but no, it's too edgy for the regular world, like my age group. Too wee, wee, like not in their wildest dreams, right? We thought strip clubs were the yeah. maximum of erotic yes. opportunity. Yes. So I was as edgy and open minded as they come, and I did not know either that sex clubs existed or no, no. And whatever it is in me that is a rebel, I always have been, right? um i just walked in there my friends i think i told this story she's supposed to come with me and um she got sick like literally as i'm drinking sake in a local sushi bar on yum street sushi restaurant she she, she facetimes me from the toilet i was like okay i know you're on the toilet too much for me well i can't go i'm really sick i'm so sorry i believe that um illnesses are a reflection of something going on in your life or your world. So I think she just didn't want to do it, but she she did. Anyway, that's my underlying thing. Um, so I then had to make a decision. Luckily, I had a couple of glasses of sake in me because I went, okay, walk me to the club. So she walked me, I phone down the street, Long College. I my heart is like pounding. I don't know what is, I, uh, so she was, <laughs> let me just follow along with you. So she was supposed to go with you to the club? She was going to join me. She, she was wanting me, I knew one friend who I happened to go to a spiritual center. One of those cool spiritual centers, you know, not churchy yeah. things, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we started talking about the fact, I think I got to give up on the whole relationship thing and just, but well, what do I do about sex? Because I love it so much. Mm. And I didn't know what to do, right? do I have to vibrate myself like what is this like what am I doing right I'm not even that good at it <laughs> um you know I have an old vibrator that's like it's, it's yellow and old like I have nothing going on there right um it doesn't my husband would use it my lovers would use it but I you know as I said about vibrating I have a hard time being the one doing it and then the one receiving it and then the one doing it and then the one receiving it and then the one doing it and then the one receiving it. I can't my head goes into like a, 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 a weird, I can't do it. It's I'd either have to receive yeah. or give. I'm the same. I like to say I can't orgasm if I'm working. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. And I'm not naturally a dom at all, not in any way, shape or form. I tried to do it. It was funny. It was kind of a joke. Uh, it was work. I don't want to work. So you are a dom now? Or are you oh, I'm not. No, I had a friend coach me through doing it with a young man <laughs> about so a few I, years ago. I want to circle yeah. back. I initially been planning to go friend. She couldn't go. And you went anyways. And I want you to walk uh, that whole story. Sarah, I'm not a person who's afraid of much, right? I'm, But I was pretty much as close to terrified as one could be. And luckily I had some sushi and I drank a small bottle of sake, which I never really do, but that's how much I had to take the edge off of how you know nervous I was. I was waiting for her when she called me and said, I'm ill, I can't come. And at that moment I had to make a decision. And what I said to her was, okay, walk me to it. So I was on Young Street. She walked me by phone, on the phone, down Young Street, down college, said, go to the blue door. And I'm like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. Just, I was just a flutter. I was, uh, 
Um, of course, once I got in, um, I shut down the phone and I must have looked like my eyes were as big as saucers. I remember them reading me rules and not me, me not hearing any of them, right? Like what? There's going to be what? Life sex and what? Who? What? Life sex? What? You know, like who did what? You know, um, very interesting. So that was the first decision. The second decision was I had my bathing suit. I knew there was a beautiful pool there. See, I've been told. So I got to the locker, put my bathing suit on, went out to the pool and thought, I feel a little ridiculous. Oh, because you're you over Because everybody's naked. And I'm looking like a silly person here. <laughs> I, you know, like I'm looking, what do they call them? Looky lose. I already felt the discomfort, even though I'm like at that point, I'm how old am I at that point? 63. Okay. So, you know, you don't have, you know, you got all your, I call it my white, white wibbly wobbly bits, you know, <laughs> um, like I got lots of them I and mean, I got the stretch marks from the babies and I got the little boobies that have kind of gone into wet tea bags. I mean, I got it all right. The booty that's not quite there when it like used to be. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? I love my body. It's been a good friend to me. I've had four natural childbirths. I've had many, 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 many orgasms. I like to sing. I like to dance. So my body, I love my body. I say to say things like that to it all the time. So here I was being tested. How much do you really love your body that you're going to do this? And I did it. I took the bands off and went, poof. And I went. Next thing you know, two women are dog paddling over to me ever so gently. And I'm in the middle of the pool. And I'm looking at one side and then the other. And I go, hello. And I go, hello. <laughs> hello. And I'm like, I'm dog paddling, not knowing what to do. And you go, you're new here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the moment, the third moment when I went, okay, I feel safe here. I feel safe. And they reassured me that I would feel safe there. And they pointed to the security people and the manager. And all of a sudden I was getting a better sense of where I was. I, I had no idea if I was walking into... Well, I was told I wasn't walking into an orgy, but you don't really know, right? You think it is? So what those two women did, I continue to do for ever since. I've got young women who run up to me now. I can't remember their names, you know. And they run up to me and go, Francesca, you were the first one to talk to me here, and now I work here, or things like that, right? Yeah. Because it's, it, and I spoke to Judy, the owner, and Richard, and all the, I've known them now for a while. And it is for women by women. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. Now that has never happened in my life, never. And to be able to say right out, I'm sex positive, like, boom, yay, I can own it. And I don't have to feel guilty or silly or I'm a, I'm too edgy for the regular, you know, I, I think I was telling you about me going to um, a female, you know, event on a Sunday afternoon. They call them showers. You know, those things we call showers, the boringest parties of all time. I think the younger ladies have made them a bit more fun, but my crowd, yeah, I don't want to open another present and go, ooh, ah, no, no, please. Um, so, so I was telling my story of having 60 orgasms on my 60th birthday to this crowd of women and they're uproariously laughing and carrying on and my sister was there thank god because the next day my friend who held the shower phoned me and berated me went up oh, one side of me and down the other 
for being so rude. Um, how dare you? Have you embarrassed me? Yeah. And the nuns would be offended. As soon as she trotted out the nuns thing, I went, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I was brought up by nuns too, and you never did like them, and they were a little strange. There were some nice ones, but come on, we're not living by the nun rules right now. And like, give your head a shake. But what I recognized was she's my age, and she hadn't been laid in sex in 30 years. So I represented this very, uh, a threat almost. Um, I found out after I did my 60, 60 birthday, right? And I started to tell women my age, this is the vanilla women I, you know, I've grown up with and my friends, not my closest, closest friends, but friends, you know, that I was not somebody they wanted to really be around. Mm -hmm. I was not, and I couldn't pinpoint, first of all, I have a theory and I've lived by this one for a while. If you have something, an emotional bias or feeling inside you, you will see it in others. Okay. Like, for example, my husband used to reassure me when I would see women, because I used to be that, you know, cute little pencil skirt girl with the house heels and, the, you know, everything going on, you know, it's very bad, you know, I was one of those girls. And I loved it because I like to dress in my pencil skirts and my high heels and red lipstick. And I did it when I was young, right? But I was married. So I didn't see, and my husband would go to parties and he'd say to me, are you going to wear that? And I go, yeah, I do love this. And he'd go, well, you know, the women there are going to. Mm -hmm. uh, what so i had been told by my husband like watch out for this because i don't have jealousy in me it's not a natural state for me but that's because i think i don't have a lot of insecurity you know i got my own little bits yeah but but jealousy comes out of a huge amount of insecurity and most women or most people are incredibly insecure yeah. right and i think the, the the younger we get the worse it's getting actually which I'm sad to say. I thought my generation was bad. Yeah. Getting down to the young ones, like the, every little thing is, oh, 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 oh. And I'm like, oh, how are you going to get through the world? Yeah. The world's going to eat you up. Or we're supposed to protect you from all, wrap you up in cotton battens so that none of the world can ever say a bad thing to you. Like, where has that going to work? You know, so I prefer, I, yeah, I have a fantastic immune system and my mom, after four kids, let me make dirt pies and eat them. Like she didn't care. Yeah. It's just fine. Well, you know, it, <laughs> my grandmother, my Irish grandmother used to say, you eat a peck of dirt before you die. Oh, well, it's good for you. Did you know it was good for you? No, I didn't. Yes. There's other actual enzymes in the dirt. We should let the kids do that. Ah. So anyway, I won't get into all of that when I see young mothers. Like I just want to put them out of their misery. Like they're, how are they going to? I used to throw my kids in the backyard and go, you know, call me if there's blood. <laughs> That's what my mom did. And yeah. you know what? That's, I liked it. Even at the time, I liked the freedom as a kid. Yes. But you know what? Yeah, I got some slivers. And yeah, yeah. I, I did some scary shit. Like I actually used to have a bottle of hairspray and a lighter and think it was <laughs> fire. Yeah. And I look yeah. back now thinking, yeah. it's survival yeah. of the fittest. It is survival yeah, yeah, yeah. of the fittest. My brother, my younger brother. <laughs> I was from this big family of six and I was the eldest. My fourth one down. So I'm like eight years old and he was. I used to call my mom and go, Mom, mom, Tim's doing blue angels. He'd do the parks. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> blue angels. And she got oh, he'll be fine. <laughs> like, so oh mom, you know. Uh, I was brought up, you know, you came in when the lights went on. 
like yeah. where you know, wherever the wherever you were and the, the street lights went on okay head home so it's too bad the kids don't have that kind of freedom and and i don't think it's ever going to come back i think and so you don't get to test the muscle of your own experiences of being a little edgy so because i was edgy naturally and i was allowed to be a real little bit of a uh, hellion of a tomboy, right? It was when the hormones kicked in that I went, oh, you look nice because I think there's a reason I need to look nice. I think I need yeah. to kind of attract these guys somehow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really care. But anyway, so, you know, you flash forward to the my age group now older and they're, you know, there's a few of us that are like me, but what they've done is they've added alcohol. Mm. That's their go-to, right? It's the red wine and the white wine and and then we all complain to each other because the red wine and the white, especially the red wine, causes you to have hot flashes when you're in menopause. We all switch to white wine. We all called each other and went, yeah, I don't think the red wine's working. Do the white. But I just stopped that. I just was like, I can't do this. I don't feel that good when I drink. It doesn't take me to a fun place anymore. You know, it used to be we'd have fun when we drink. Then it just devolved into a, let's complain about the ex-husband. You know, like who, uh, nobody's talking about fun stuff. Nobody's talking about sex and good fun stuff. So, so let's yeah. zoom back in. So now you're in that pool and those two women were, were <laughs> coming towards you and you felt that sense of safety. Yes. Tell us about the rest of that night. Because oh, it was hilarious. Oh my God. It was hilarious. First of all, total, like I am like a born again virgin, basically. I know nothing about this. Time. So one woman, one of the two women said, let me get you a drink. Now, I'd already been drinking, so that's a bad start. Well, in a good way, kind of. Like, I got the, took the edge off to get me in there. But then I was, you know how you get on a roll? Sure. Oh, I never do shots. Sure. So she's buying me shots. Buying me shots. I've had about three. Now I'm like, oh. And then I'm thinking, why is this woman buying me drinks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, because I was in a bit of a blurry place. I didn't realize she was hitting on me. Yeah. Which was pretty funny because I had never been hit on before. Right. And at all or just by a woman? Uh, no, I know uh, by women. By women. Gotcha. I'd never been in a place where I'd been around bisexual or. Okay. You know. Gotcha. So I didn't catch the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks for the drinks. I'm good. You know. Oh, but she did get me to go on. Oh my God, because I've had a few. She did, this is a very funny story. I hope none of my adult children ever see this because this is the, the funniest part, but good. Because I need, I'd already broken the ice a few times, right? Got in the pool and, the, and then I drank. And then I saw this thing called a Sibian. Okay, now I'm looking at this thing with my, and I've got a towel wrapped around me. Going, and there were a whole bunch of us. It was the Sibian night. And I'm looking at this thing going, hmm. So I thought it'd be very clever and I would take two towels and make and go on it because I was being encouraged by this woman. Go, go, go. You got to try it. You got to try it. Okay, fine. What harm can I do, right? So I'm on it and my, 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 head, my head is facing the wall. So nobody, can, I think nobody can know who it is, right? I'm like, eh. and this young woman is running the thing. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I remember leaning over and going, will you marry me? <laughs> I was like, whoa, 
or can I take this home? <laughs> so that was like a real icebreaker. So then there's a young man who I didn't know had seen me, right? And it was his first night. So we're both newbies. So we kind of, he came up to me and went, hey, I just saw you on that thing. I went, yeah, that's kind of cool. Now I've been drinking, so I was a little bit more outgoing than I wanted to be. And I'm pretty outgoing and normal. So when I'm drinking, it's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm like that. Um, if you get me asked me to go on this dance with people, I don't just because, you know, why not? So, um, so he said, so, and I went, so, what do we do? We decided there were kind of, in our weird head, the two of us being newbies, both with the first night, we decided we were supposed to have sex in kind of an weird way. It was kind of funny. We didn't know what we were doing. We went upstairs. We were with a bunch of people in the room. We were all looking, he looking at me, I'm looking at him. Literally, it lasted a minute and a half. Um, not the worst sex I ever had, but close. <laughs> and, and then we didn't know what to do. We looked at each other and went, oh, okay. Well, thank you. Um, you know, back to the uh, lockers. And he said, am I, am I supposed to take your, your phone number? To, I said, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was like newbie crazy. But fun, I mean, fun. Um, never have I done that before. Uh, never knew that's where that night was gonna go. Not from the moment I walked in, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and then I remember leaving at about 12.30. I had taken the subway in, so I needed to get out of there to catch the subway. And I kind of didn't want to leave, but he was leaving, so we said our goodbye. So I thought, okay, well, maybe, was good. maybe you can walk into the subway, I don't know. So he did. I've never seen that man again, never. Um, but that's a new thing for me, right? Not to see anybody again. Never, never do that. Or sex is an, an, an exchange and that is it. Yeah, and that was it. And so I get on the phone 1230 at night and I get my friend and I go, oh my God, I'm screaming into the phone. I'm walking along College Street, just on fire about this crazy night I just had. And how much fun it was, and what a smorgasbord of things around sex that I'd never seen before or knew about. And, you know, anyway, that that was the first night. And so I kind of got a little addicted. As I found out later, it is pretty typical at first to feel like it's a smorgasbord mm -hmm. of choices, and you're just delighted with all the choices. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that calms down after a while, right? But, and I'm a lot pickier than I was. Like, yeah. I mean, the young man category has not been my favorite, right? Um, Why is that? No, no. And I'm not a teacher dom type. Gotcha. So yeah. I usually say, go and find someone to teach and then, you know, get back to I feel me. the same. I feel the same. Yeah. That, that absolutely is, is a genre of people or like whatever you want to call it that like to train, especially the yeah. uber dynamic or the older woman, milk yep. dynamic. But for some of us, that is just, just because we make it the age profile doesn't mean that we doesn't want mean to train. No. Exactly. No. And, um, but I do, you know, encourage them to think about, you know, the ego, the penis centricity of their sex of their, their, you know, interactions with women. Um, this is a very typical young man thing, you know, but
but I did do so much and research. Can you unpack that though? Like what does that yeah. mean? Yeah. So what I, I did a lot, a lot of research over these years. Scott. I, I, did, I was like drinking through a fire hose. Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, I went into physiology. I went into psychology. I went into, you know, listening to a couple's therapist around sex and what all this means. So the, one of the things, and I did a presentation at Oasis um, around this. Yeah, one of the things that I thought was fascinating because I have three brothers and three sons. How many times between my three brothers and my three sons have they touched their penises? Can we count? No. Hundreds of thousands of times. And they've even seen the baby boys do it in the womb. Now, why is that significant? Because First of all, as a young mother, I remember a babysitter saying, your son, two and a half year old, He's sitting watching cartoons with his hands down the pants and his pajamas. I'm 26 years old, yeah. little boy. And I went, if you had a thing hanging between your leg and you were two and a half, you'd be touching it too. That's what I, that's the wisdom I had at 26. I yeah. knew there was something wrong with make, me making it a bad thing that he touched his own penis. No, that's stupid. However, what that does do to the neural pathways in the male physique is they've got a pleasure center neural pathway that's being drilled into their body. Like, like that's why it's so, one of the reasons it's so strong because they're repeating the behavior so many times that it just is going to, and it's actually uh, over, by the time they're two and a half, those um, neural pathways or brain cells they're not using get culled and die off. So it, if they're touching themselves a lot and they're getting a lot of pleasure, it's even more so. So here we are as little girls. Um, I, I remember I was six, jumping on the couch, just been out playing. My mom was calling me for dinner and I had to yell out to her from the couch, give me, give, give me a minute. I didn't know why. All I knew was if I pushed my two legs together really, 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 and then I go, okay, I'm ready for dinner. I'm six. Wow. I didn't know the that that's what I was exercising was it was the beginning of the contraction of my my vulva and my you know the whole wow. yeah and I've had other friends say they used to a little girl one of my friends she was taken to task by the teachers because she was found rubbing up against the poles yeah. you know, she was five yeah. so we don't have the same way to stimulate ourselves that is repetitive so it takes quite a bit longer for us to to get those neural pathways to our pleasure center. Yeah. Right. So, so of course the man's walking around with this heat seeking pleasure device going, where can I put it? Right. I get it. I get it. But anyway, that's true. So now you go to the, how often do you go to sex clubs now? Um, I've gone to M4. I've gone to X club, um, M4 for dancing more than anything. Uh, X club only twice. Um, haven't gone to the one in Oakville. I hear there is one in Oakville. NYX lounge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it good? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, Oasis became my community and I did spend one summer before COVID. So I must've been 65 at that point, um, where I decided I was going to pretend I was 16 again. And I was going to pretend I was going out every night. You know how you do that when you're 16? Where are you going to go? Where do you want to go? I don't know where do you want to go? how you do that with your girlfriends? At least I did. Whoever had a car, we'd all chip in for gas. And, you know, we'd go who knows where, nowhere. So this time it's at 65, I pretend I was 16 and I would go to Oasis every night. I did it all summer. 
it was $5 to get in, like best deal in town. And I pretended it was my cottage in the city. And I most of the time just floated around the pool and, and then went to the smoking area and had amazing conversations, which I adore about a sex club is you can say, hey, how's your clit? Yeah. <laughs> you can say, fun, you know, have you thought of anal sex? Have you, you doing this? I don't know. I don't know much about it. You know what the, like you can actually say that out loud and it's not a big deal. That is as much value to me as anything else. It's true. It's, Same with me. The community of people that show up are the ones that are going to appreciate a vulgar joke. Yes. It's not offensive. No. Right? Because it's inclusive, inclusivity and acceptance, non-judgmental vibe. Yeah. You walk in there and say, oh, my gaping asshole, blah, blah, blah. They're going to laugh, right? Like it's yeah. Yeah. With friends that are yeah. like, I'm upset because you embarrassed me. Like they're not, people no. are, they're going to appreciate the, your fire, you know? Mm. And it has brought, um, I mean, uh, I have a friend who's also older, not as old as me. She's only 61. Um, and we came up with a really cool way because we started to realize the young men were not, well, they're hitting on us, but not hitting on us. They just want to have a conversation. They don't know what to do. They're like the wallflowers of the place when they come in, you know, I feel badly for them. If they don't have game, yeah. oh, honest to God, it's painful to watch them. Um, you know, so huh? I have to do a quick shout out. Yeah. So I actually have uh, a YouTube channel with a playlist called advice for singles who want to go to Oasis, but don't want to go alone. It is a long winded title, but it does the trick. Yeah. There are videos where you can learn how to talk to people, how to be more interesting and engaging in a sex club, the etiquettes, the do's and don'ts, things like that. So I have the links in the description of this podcast or YouTube videos so that you can actually mentally prepare yourself so that you can thrive in the social dynamic, whether or not your dick gets touched or not, it's really up to you. But at least this way, you'll understand the etiquette and the norms and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I have to do those kind of shout outs when they come what up. Fantastic. And I'm so glad you're doing it because it's good work. It's, yeah. it's God's work. Um, so in the book, yeah, in, some people would disagree, but I know. I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. Everybody's got a short attention span. I get it. But what we over speaking to young men over and over and over, we got it really down. I think I might have mentioned this one to you when I saw you, Sarah, because you have to be in front of them. You have to see the body language and you have to read them fast because the question is just really simple and really fast. And if you do it over the phone, it doesn't work. You do it by text, definitely doesn't work. It's getting the sense of who they are. And my friend interviews young men. She specializes in young men. And at first I was helping her. It was really fun, by the way. I had no interest in them, but I was, it was fun to get to understand who would be the good ones to teach and who wouldn't be. You know? So with a quick question you ask them is, do you get pleasure from giving a woman pleasure? And if they go, oh yeah, like it's automatic trip, you know, slip, you know, trip of their tongue, no big deal. Then you got, and the body language is good. Then, you know, they've got it in them and they've already experienced it a little bit, but many of them wait and look at you and trying to decide what's the right answer. And then they go, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, that's when we would say, you know, we can't, you know, you're not quite there yet. And there may be a way to teach it. What, what my friend does, and I think it's brilliant, is she doesn't let them touch her at first. They get naked, they have a shower, and then she touches them and shows them how she wants to be touched. Hmm. And it's slow, very, very slow. And it's very like showing them what long foreplay is. Okay. They don't know. They don't get it. They seem porn. They don't get it. 
they don't know what the joy is of that and where it will take a woman if you give her long foreplay. And when they feel it themselves, yeah. they all of a sudden understand. So don't tell me porn's doing them any good. I don't think it is, honestly, I don't. Um, I have to think about it, but that's just me. Because they don't have the smell, they don't have the taste, they don't have the, all of the other mm -hmm. juiciness around all the other you know, senses. They've got visual and they get stuck on the visual and they get dopamine hits from looking at the visual, but then they have to take it up a notch to get the same, I've been studying this, and it's all about dopamine hits, right? So anyway, I've had a conversation at the club about, can we take the sec, the, <laughs> the porn down, that didn't go very well. But, you know, at, when my friend is training the young men, she says no more porn for 30 days. Oh. Uh -huh. And no, and don't masturbate. No, don't. And and it for it forces them to take it down, cool their jets, stop with the dopamine hits, stop with the pleasure center, jerking down. And then when they see a woman's body and they touch a woman's body, yeah, they can enjoy it in the natural way it should be enjoyed, without all the other bells and whistles. It's so that's it's a real basic, basic thing that you know. Yeah. I mean, I've met young women who say. I'm with one. They came to me. One of them got to like me and came to me and said, Francesca, I when I had sex with my boyfriend, she was 21. I think she worked there actually. And really nice girl. And she said, I can't orgasm without uh, my vibrator. My boyfriend can't do it. And I said, Well, you're gonna have to give that thing up for a while, aren't you? And you're gonna have to go the slow way, the regular way. You have to become addicted to it, my dear. It's a, you know, it's so anyway, that's my little, those are my little helps that I try to do from my perspective as an older woman. And, yeah. you know, and it's really going back to nature. It's going back. I don't, when I say don't drink too much because you get desensitized, that doesn't go over so well at the club because they make money. That's how they exist from the liquor sales. So if I had all the money in the world and could afford to do it, I would do a sex club more like a spa. Yeah without alcohol, without porn, without, you know what I mean? But it's not yeah. part of the culture at the moment. Yeah. You know, anyway. Not every kink is for everyone. And that's- Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, what's that night, down to fuck night? Yeah. Terrified me, terrified me. And I had to face my fears. Uh, my friend who was guiding me through all this, my older friend goes there. She would look at me and go, Francesca, no judgy judge face. Because my face would register horror, right? Um, and I had to learn to just take the face down, yeah. take a deep breath. This is not your jam. This is not what you like, but this is what they like. Yeah. And the first time I saw uh, Down the Club Night, um, I had a physical fear reaction. And my body went into fear and it went into... I got to get the heck out of here. I can't, I can't, I can't be here. Mm -hmm. I, this is an attack. That's what where my, that's not, that wasn't my head. That was what my, my body was doing. My body was just going, <laughs> I got to get out of here. I was so intense. I got the heck out of there. And then the next week I said to myself, you got to go back in there. You've got to go back in there. You got to face this. What was it that she wasn't being raped? You know, she wasn't, but yeah. it felt like it. And, and then I made a point of looking at her face. And I went, oh, for Pete's sake. She's loving it. 
It was because I had put myself in her place where I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't be feeling good. And, um, and but the woman who was doing it was loving it. And that's when I went, oh, okay, she's safe. She's okay. She feels good. I have to take my own stuff and work on it. Yeah, it's, I have to build on that story because you triggered something for me that was really interesting. I was also new to the sex club lifestyle a few years ago. I was new to a lot of kink, new to a lot of things. And I remember watching my female friend who said that she wanted to have gangbangs and whatever she wanted. And I remember seeing a guy basically just like walk up to her, like put his dick in her, kind of like come on her face and walk away. And I said, I can't believe he just did that. I can't believe he didn't even speak to you or like, I didn't even, and, and she's like, that's what I wanted. I wanted I know. I know. Me. And I was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I now know. completely understand this feeling of wanting to be used for your sexual holes, like a dirty little whore. I love the, the genre of that too. Well, isn't it amazing how yeah. most people outside that the, mm -hmm. the, the chocolate world would not consider that an evolution, but we do. Yes. Because it's something we had to break through to the other side. Now, that doesn't mean I go and do it. Yes. I don't. And when I have sex ever since that first night, I'm in the private room. That's it. Mm. I want to be able to howl at the moon and make noise and do my floppy fish. And yeah. I try to do it in front of people. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I get all right anxious. And I'm not an anxious person. So for me to get anxious is a weird feeling. Like, why do I feel this way? I got to listen to my body. Yeah. I had a I had a guy who tried to do it every which way and every time there were people around and I'm on my back and I'm seeing the legs around me and I'm going, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And he went, okay. He got the taxi. Turns out he was very wealthy. We went to the Thompson Hotel. Wow. <laughs> and I went, okay, well, this is good. <laughs> I'm in. So, you know, I was funny because he goes, okay, fine. I got a hotel room. He was in for Montreal. And I went, okay. So but again, that's my, my level. I like yeah. just letting loose and free, free, free and how my sexuality and I, and I'm not uh, a voyeur myself. Okay. I don't really watch much at all. I watched a couple that I know who performed a porn scene, but I only cause I knew them and I want to see what they were like, and, yeah. but I don't watch it. I mean, it, I always think of watching sex or watching porn is watching someone else eat a good meal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't get a whole lot out of it. Like, oh, yeah. that's a meal that I'm not eating. Oh, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, I don't learn a lot from it usually. I learn more from someone doing something to me. You know, but I did go to a lot of things about how to do the best um, uh, hand job. Okay, yeah. That was a, a 45 minute thing on hand jobs. I, I was taking notes. For a yeah. while there, I was like the student, okay, notes. Oh, anal sex. I've never done that. How does that work? How come it works? Why does it work? You know? Yeah. Oh, there's this little plug thing. That, oh, okay. You know, like I really was like a kid in a can store about the good instruction you can get there. Um, I don't think the porn that they project on the, you know, the screens there or on the screens or any of that is really good instruction, but I will listen to a good, like Dr. Jess, uh, she comes there and she's great. And I happen to be good friends with her husband. Okay. And he's in the same business as I am. And when he, <laughs> when he saw me at the club, I went, hey, it was like, we're in two different worlds, right? Yeah. And he's, so I think he's traveling with her now because she's doing super well. Yeah, Dr. So to your point, when we met, and I think um, uh, your friend mentioned it too, it might be an idea to try, I know you were thinking of it as well, 
the lady who used to be on the radio that we all loved. What was her name? Was it, are you talking about Sue Johansson? Yes, Sue yeah, Johansson. She was on the TV too, because she was on she? nights at like 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Like I still, I don't know if there's anybody out there doing that. It's funny um, because she was my role model and I yeah. remember, you know, growing up thinking, thank goodness there's someone out there who's thinking yes. like this about sex. Yeah. It's interesting as I do look around now and I don't mean to diminish anyone out there making an impact, but I don't see that, that big, ballsy, brave, brazen voice in the same way. And part of me wants to help fill that, that space. Um, not just about the swinger lifestyle, but about sex overall. Yes. And I think there's a huge need for it. And when I first jumped in and was drinking from the fire hose of all this great information, and I was trying to tell friends who didn't want to hear it, you know, I was at breakfast at a girlfriend's, my best friend's sister's house. We're all in our 60s. (laughs) My friend's sister, I've known her since she was 12. She's now 60, whatever. And she goes, so, Francesca, what have you been doing? I said, I've been studying clitoris. <laughs> and, and her husband choked on his cereal. Yeah. And she looked at me and said, hey, Bruce is here. And I said, I'm sure he's, I'm sure your husband knows about the clip. Yeah. And my friend took me aside because it's her sister, my best friend. And she said, you know, you got to read your audience. <laughs> that maybe wasn't a good thing to blurt out at breakfast and I said I thought it was funny come on and she goes I know but you got to read your eyes so I know that I'm a little I'm, I love the the the, the drama well not drama but the excitement of it and the fun the, the edginess sure. and the, yes. yeah yes. and and not a lot of people respond always so well to that but and I think the generations that are coming up you know not the Sue Johansson generation but your generation, I imagine you're you know, in your 30s, yeah? A millennial, yeah. So yeah. Millennial. yeah. Um, you do have a gentler style, mm-hmm. right? It's part of the culture of your time. Um, I'm also an empath, so I'm a healer as well. There you go, yes. Yeah, so I come at this oh, from, yeah. uh, a good heart. I mean, I did Reiki, this one I did Reiki. I did, Reiki, yes. I did 1988, I did third degree Reiki. 1988. I was a baby. I was actually 38. What was I? Yeah, I, was 30. I was leaving my first marriage and I went into down a spiritual path because I needed to do that. And I took Reiki and I still do it. I still do it on myself. I still, yeah, I love it. Um, so I'm not, it's, I'm not an empath. I'm just um, yeah. one who listens to her body and tries to listen to intuition and yeah. right. But I do, I still step out and I don't read my audience always as well as I should, because I think it's funny. And my um, reincarnated soul, I think. And I think that's what's so interesting is I can 100% relate with that feeling. I love to feel the reaction in someone when I shock them, but I don't, I don't abuse it, but I think it's funny. I think it's funny to talk about something interesting instead of the weather, but it's true that it does shock people and whatnot, but so, so what, you know, yeah, is 30. I know of his crowd and he's a quiet type. Yeah. He has a girlfriend and stuff, but. I know at Christmas, I put on a spread for all his friends. Mm-hmm. And of the six male friends, I would say three are virgins and they're 30. Um, and you know what I wanted to do? If I knew I was not going to make it much longer and I you know, had no more fucks to give, I was going to invite his three, three friends to the club and come, 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 jump in the pool naked. Let's go. We're going to talk. Because these poor young men, yeah. we don't have any game at all. 
none. And they're good kids. They're kids. Yeah. At 31, I had three children. I was running a business. I, mean, I don't relate to this, how young they are at that age. Yeah. But imagine at university, you're not allowed to lean over and say to a woman, what are you reading? That yeah. is what I'm trying to talk about. It's not the politics of it. It's not yeah. any, we've got all that to worry about too. And you're right. Yeah. Don't bring yeah. it into the subject. They need you. You really, they do need you. We need. I you. hope the voice matters. I hope it adds value. I hope that it oh, absolutely sex entirely because it's just it's been so indoctrinated in our brains that just like you said, the touching at an early age, bad, bad. Why? Why is it so bad? It's a fucking fidget spinner below our. You know. know you know what know. are you supposed to do? I know. I know. Yeah, I'm looking up. It's hard to be a young mother of three boys. I'm tired. I can imagine. Um, but anyway, yeah. So do I mean, you're doing good work, and I really hope it just goes through through the roof. Happy. I mean, it's and you're very articulate and a joy to be around. So you are, you know, a thriving woman who has had, you know, her kids, her marriages, relationships. You've been in sex club culture, and you've seen that develop over the time too. And so you've got a vantage point that maybe a lot of other people listening could only dream of. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say, if, if you could give advice to somebody who might even be an older, older aged woman who thinks the best years of her life are behind her, what would that advice be to help her understand that they're not? Um, the advice I usually am asked a fair bit about this, um, especially women in their 40s who seem to think, and 50s when they're going through menopause, um, I call it power through it. Power through it. You have to exercise more than you would normally. You have to burn out the pipes like I used to do um five six days a week of um on the on the spin bikes just power through it your body loves it and then listen to your body and say oh it feels better already and then take out and I hate to hear this nobody likes this advice no sugar no bread no rice no wine no booze no snow like it's all the things that you would give to a child to yeah. keep them well Give it to yourself. It's a very simple thing, but it's it's simple but not easy. So I learned that the difference between myself at 60 or 70 and other women is that I've been doing that my whole life. Like I've been very mindful of how I feel and I would check myself and I would exercise extra hard if I, you know, it was a stress relief for me. So my mojo, oh yeah, um, I don't take any supplements. I had a, a gynecologist try to give me a supplement with um, hormones in it and I said to him wouldn't that prevent my own body from producing huh I said yeah no wait let my body it's it's producing fine I'm doing okay so again listen to your body and then do what you would do to a, a, a child like feed them well make them exercise yeah. drink water no drugs no alcohol it's it's and it's gotten more so as I've gotten older I could drink a little bit at 60. I could drink not as much at 50, 65. I'm hitting 70. It's like, I feel like yuck when I drink. Gotcha. And I think that's where it goes. So it doesn't go well. It doesn't okay, go in the gotcha. direction you like it to go. Do you always think, yay, when I'm older, I can party? No, no, yeah. the opposite. And, and so that's really the main theme is it all, when I learned why I was different from other women is I'd spent a lot more time and attention feeling my body and, yeah. and liking it and, enjoying it and allowing it to have pleasure. And a lot of women cut that off. Yeah. Men too. Right. Yeah. And so that's the advice. Yes. That's, that's beautiful. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, it's nice to see that at any age, the sky is the limit of what's available to us, especially in places like, you know, sex clubs exist where 
you can walk in and you will find somebody interesting, even if it's just socially that night. And where can you say that as even anybody to walk in and Mm -hmm. feel so welcome, right? And Mm -hmm. so I just, even if you are widowed and you lose your best friend in life, like you said, you know, you don't have to feel alone all the time. And and when you go to these clubs, even when you are alone, you can feel safe and you can feel. Yeah. I mean, my grandmother used to say it. Now I'm living it. I may be alone, but I'm not lonely. Yeah. Because you like your own company. Yes. That's important. And I didn't realize how important that is. You know, I spent one, one, my friends and I talk about the years we spent being touched by babies. We either had a baby on our hip or running around the park. Like you are over, when I meet young husbands and say, my wife's not interested in the sex, they say, how many little ones do you have at home? Well, three. I said, she is being touched all day long. The studies show she's overstimulated from touch. She doesn't want to be touched when she's trying to go to sleep at night. Yeah. Like, it's not she doesn't love you. Men yeah. think if you don't have sex with them, you don't love them. That's the yeah. um, It's just that she's overstimulated. And I was that girl. And yeah. now I'm not being touched at all. How weird is that? So it's so it's it's very fascinating to note that the touch is so important. Yes. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Go to these clubs and find that. Even if you're not yeah. sex, you could just be like, hey, I'm looking to have a cuddle session. You want to yeah. say yes. So you want to do a back rub? I mean, I suggest every man learn how to do a good back rub. It's true. It's yeah. True. Isn't it oh, true? It's good. It's a good skill to pull out in a group. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm yeah. so glad you we were able to do this and um, you're a real treat and keep going, keep doing Thank the do. You. And I hope that you can become your generation Sue Johansson. Oh. Very needed, very needed. Thank you for saying that. And mm-hmm. thank you for adding your voice to this big, well, I like to call it a mosaic. I know that's more of a visual thing, but every voice in this lifestyle gives credibility to it and also validation for people who may not recognize themselves in me or R or Amelia or the other people I project on my channel. And so it's nice to show so many people who can benefit from just finding what I call their tribe in life, which is the sex community. And you can take those masks that offend everyone else and just be yourself. So yeah, yeah. And not to worry about all those other people. It's, they've yeah. got their own stuff. Give and zero fucks. How do you get yeah, zero fucks to give? You know, and I feel badly for them because they're trying to find the happy place as we all are. And they're doing it in a, but they think they're doing it the right way, right? They think that the drinking and the, you know, all that, you know, is the right way. And I get it because they're real, we're all looking for that pleasure. Yeah. And and we all look for it differently. And I found it, you know, through orgasm. I love orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. For thank you. Thank you.